Welcome to Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby, a podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Initiative for Perinatal Quality Care. TIPQC exists to improve health outcomes for mothers and infants in Tennessee through our quality collaborative that will identify opportunities to optimize maternal and infant outcomes across our state and is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. The Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby podcast is designed for medical professionals and for patients and families across the state. We will focus on all aspects of the perinatal period with special attention to reducing our maternal mortality rate. Welcome to the Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee podcast. In today's episode, Dr. Connie Graves is joined by Alani Tigas from the National Preeclampsia Foundation. They will be discussing this life-threatening hypertensive disorder that can have an effect on both pregnancy and the postpartum period. We'll now turn it over to Dr. Graves. Well, we're really happy today to have Alani Tigas join us from the Preeclampsia Foundation. For those of you who don't know, Alani has led the charge uh, regarding women and understanding preeclampsia in the United States. Preeclampsia affects about uh, 6% of all women, and there are some long-term effects that are associated with preeclampsia. So we're just ha- really happy to have her with us today to catch up on the things that the Preeclampsia Foundation is doing and to discuss some of the issues that we want women to know about preeclampsia. Welcome, Alani. Thank you, Dr. Graves. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I enjoyed recently enjoyed a lovely visit to Nashville, and am excited to to talk to your audience. One of the first questions I want to ask you is about: uh, Can you just fill in our audience some of the things that the Preeclampsia Foundation does, and how we really try to bring uh, women into being active participants in their own care? Absolutely. Well, I think it's important to to understand that the Preeclampsia Foundation is first and foremost a patient advocacy organization, which means that we look at the entire issue of preeclampsia and really all related hypertensive disorders of pregnancy through the lens of the patient experience. We're, we're very collaborative with healthcare providers. We're very collaborative with researchers. But ultimately, our audience, our constituency, if you will, is the community of those who are who have the lived experience who are affected by these disorders of pregnancy. When we think about the mission of the Preeclampsia Foundation, it really is with a vision toward ending preeclampsia as a life-threatening disorder to mother and baby. And as a result, our mission falls into three pillars. We serve the community of the affected. We influence and advocate for improved healthcare practices, and we catalyze desperately needed research so that we have a better understanding of what causes it and ultimately how we're going to prevent and cure it. So that that's sort of a, a quick glimpse at who we are as an organization and the mission that we are on a, a quest to, to execute. So we also know that preeclampsia, especially for women of color, can be particularly deadly. And and if if not deadly, can cause a long-term harm uh, for that group of patients. One of the things that we have recently done in the state of Tennessee is to participate in managing preeclampsia and acute blood pressure in the hospital on a more protocol basis. What is the importance of us being able to protocol care for patients in improving some of those outcomes that you talked about? 
Oh, it's hugely important, Dr. Graves. I mean, what you're speaking to now falls very much into two mission areas for us. One is healthcare practices and seeking both consistency and innovation. And that might seem a little bit inconsistent saying it that way, but there are fundamental practices that need to be universally applied to ensure that everybody is receiving an adequate level of care. And I underscore everybody because you're absolutely right that women of color are disproportionately affected. I think it's important that anybody listening to this recognizes that preeclampsia can affect any woman in any pregnancy at any time, regardless of any pre-existing risk factors. Having said that, the two things that we need to do in healthcare practices is make sure that everybody's receiving what I call the lowest common denominator of care, consistent, you know, universally applied care. And that's where the bundles come into play that, that Tennessee has certainly adopted around hypertension and pregnancy. But we want to make sure that every hospital is using these with every woman in every pregnancy. Having said that, that's not enough. And we are advocates for innovation in healthcare. And one of those innovations is this idea that marries very well with our patient empowerment message, which is putting blood pressure cuffs into the hands of moms throughout their pregnancy and in the postpartum period. And that might not seem like that amazing of an innovation, but it, it marries well with one of our core beliefs, which is that patients need information. They need, you know, we always say knowledge is power. We've traditionally talked about that with respect to the symptoms of preeclampsia and how important it is to educate moms and their families about the warning signs of preeclampsia. But in addition to the symptoms, one of the key signals is high blood pressure. And a lot of time can elapse between visits to a healthcare provider where your blood pressure is taken. So the opportunity to put a blood pressure cuff into mom's hands and let her take her blood pressure at home is a rather novel idea that is more and more being adopted nowadays as, and frankly, that was kind of the silver lining of COVID is that it forced everybody into this telehealth environment. And, and that kind of pushed us in the direction of, okay, what do we need to do to get equipment and information into mom's hands that she can do at home? So distributing our cuff kits is one example of some innovation that Tennessee has adopted, and we're thrilled to be supporting that effort. And I'll just take a, a quick side note here that kind of hand in hand with that innovation that we're talking about is this idea of patient engagement in healthcare improvements. And that means that you're not just looking at patients as the object of your innovation and your improvement but that you actually bring them to the table of quality improvement programs, that you bring them to a leadership circle, and you, and you recognize that that patient perspective can be very instructive to quality improvement programs. So invite the patients to the table with you and learn from them. And don't be afraid of that. You know, I think historically we've been so afraid of bringing patients to the table that they're just out out for revenge if something terrible happened. And by and large, the ones that we're working with and training to be involved in QI programs are not there because 
they're out for revenge. They're out because for the same reasons that healthcare providers are are out in force, which is let's make things better. Absolutely. And as we talk about the cuff kit, one of the resources that I think is, is important is being able to teach women how to accurately take their blood pressures at home. I know you have some resources for that as well, as well as a video. How can patients access that? So fortunately, all of the educational materials are on our website, and we'll make sure that with this podcast comes a a few links to the website. Certainly, if you go to preeclampsia.org, you'll be able to get onto our website. There are a lot of specific links, so preeclampsia.org slash blood pressure with a hyphen in between them will allow a patient to access some of these educational materials directly. We're also thrilled, though, because we've been able to include a lot of these materials in the cuff kit, which comes with a validated blood pressure cuff, which is Bluetooth enabled, and there's a log for keeping your blood pressure if you want to do it manually. All of these are are part of the cuff kits that, as I mentioned earlier, are being distributed throughout Tennessee, and we're thrilled to be helping you all achieve this kind of innovation. And I think is a great example of when I talk about patient empowerment or patient engagement. It's just recognizing that the best solution to healthcare comes from recognizing the partnership between patients and their healthcare providers. Absolutely. We participate in the cuff kit. And I will just say that I just gave out two blood pressure uh, cuffs the last time I was in the office. One of the things with this particular cuff kit is the Bluetooth option, which a lot of patients like because they can sync it to their phone and then be able to then just send that directly to our email address. And so we can then manage their blood pressures. One of the things I think women need to know as we talk about this podcast is that uh, one of the cuffs I gave was not to a woman who was still pregnant, but to someone who was in the postpartum period. Can we talk a little bit about how, why it's so important for us to follow up women with preeclampsia postpartum? And this is part of the innovation of the Preeclampsia Foundation. I think that has been particularly valuable in getting this education out. Absolutely. And, and I'm also going to turn this around a little bit and, and uh, ask you to share some of the success stories that you've had, because I got to say, it makes my heart swell when I hear of the impact that these cuff kits have had. And frankly, the I, I'm not being uh, I'm not exaggerating here when I say that I think that they have saved lives from some of the stories that that we've heard. So I'm I'm curious about some of the stories that have come out of Tennessee. But before I I give the floor back to you, yes, the postpartum period is probably one of the newest areas that we're attending to in the last, I'd say, five to 10 years with respect to preeclampsia. You know, it used to be that people would say things like, delivery is the cure for preeclampsia. And nothing could be further from the truth because, and the danger in in that message is that providers are left off the hook. They're thinking, hey, I've sent mom and baby home and like I can wash my hands of that story and move on to the next one. And then patients themselves think that it's all over and whatever else they're dealing with is just the normal part of recovering from delivery. And what we now know unequivocally is that the postpartum period is a very vulnerable period for the mother. Obviously the baby has been delivered, but the the effects on the mother often 
continue for days, sometimes weeks later. And for some moms, they even develop new onset preeclampsia after delivery. That means they may have had a perfectly normal hypertension, not, not any hypertension during the pregnancy or the delivery period. And then they go home and all of a sudden then there are indications of high blood pressure or other organs that, that may be affected. And in fact, physiologically, and obviously you know this better than anybody, but physiologically, there's a natural rise in blood pressure after delivery, sometimes within that one week period, four to seven days after delivery. So if you've got somebody who was on the edge of being hypertensive, and then the blood pressure, which naturally would rise, pushes them into the danger zone, how is that being monitored? How is that being managed? And so the fact that you're giving out blood pressure cuffs to moms at discharge from the hospital and advising them to take their blood pressure at home is hugely important and an opportunity to catch those situations that happen afterwards. We talk about a lot about readmissions to the hospital being terrible. You know, hospitals are graded on readmissions and nobody wants patients who, who come back with recurring problems. In the case of hypertension, we'd much rather the patients go back than sit at home and end up having a stroke or seizure or, and, and unfortunately, what the maternal mortality review committees are telling us is that's when most of the maternal deaths occur. So mom is not out of the woods. She needs to be paying attention to her own health in the days and weeks after delivery and taking her own blood pressure is one way to do that. Absolutely. And in fact, I am on a hospital service today. And one of the patients I saw this morning was readmitted on postpartum day number four with elevated blood pressure and is being managed at this time. And one of the reasons that she was readmitted is because she was able to take her blood pressures at home and knew that her blood pressure was going up and came back immediately to the hospital. And so one of the successes I think that we've had in Tennessee, besides the ability to manage acute blood pressure in the hospital is this focus on the postpartum blood pressure and promoting and educating women when to come back. So we've had a number of patients in which having a blood pressure cuff and being part of the cuff kit program has allowed them to come back to the hospital to be monitored and, as you said, life-saving because some of these, well, the last patient that came back, one of her top numbers was 200, which is about 80 millimeters of mercury over where anyone should be. And so she actually was on the edge of a stroke when she came in, but we were able to actually uh, get her blood pressure down and manage her so that she did not have uh, long-term complications, which is so important to a new mom. Uh, but one of my big interests has been the, the persistent high elevations in blood pressure that occur, as you said, even though the patient has been delivered. And I have found the cuff kit to be invaluable for being able to manage patients and titrate their blood pressure medications at home. And so when I was in the office, one of those patients was a patient who was four weeks out and her blood pressure was still elevated and we were adjusting medications. And so I gave her the blood pressure cuff, but 
because the one that she had had not been validated. In order to be able to adjust those medications at home and to allow the patient not to have to come into my office every week, but for us to still have a, a very close conversation about how to manage her blood pressure to prevent some of the long-term complications of elevated blood pressure and preeclampsia. We know that women with preeclampsia are also at increased risk for heart disease and for stroke. And recently, I don't. Uh, there was an article out that said hypertensive problems in pregnancy uh, increases the risk of dementia. So what we know is that if you have preeclampsia, uh, this is a, a part of your medical history that you really need to uh, relate to your doctor. And more importantly, you need to have a blood pressure cuff at home and monitor your blood pressure on a regular basis because blood pressure can fl fluctuate over time. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think it's important for people listening to this who are preeclampsia survivors to realize that this, what we now know about our, and I say our because I'm a two-time severe preeclampsia survivor myself, but our long-term risk for cardiovascular disease, we need to reframe how we look at that association for those of us who had it. And it's not a death sentence. It is in any in in some ways we are we have the benefit of knowing that we have a specific marker for something we need to pay attention to and it gives us a focal point for our for our ongoing healthcare it gives us a very deliberate reason to be taking into our own hands those things that we can control things like exercise and nutrition and talking to our healthcare providers about are higher risk for heart disease and stroke. And really, and this is, you know, you mentioned earlier about some populations, Black women, Native Americans, et cetera, who are at higher risk for, for developing preeclampsia, but they're also at higher risk for some of these conditions like, like stroke and, and heart disease. And I think, again, the message there is don't take it as a death sentence. Take it as a message of self-empowerment that there are things that you can do to mitigate your own risk, to reduce your own risk. If you have these conversations with your providers, if you take your, your high blood pressure seriously and do something about it, because there are things that can be done for it. And I think that's one of the takeaway messages for those of us who have survived preeclampsia is we now have a very deliberate call to action for our health for the rest of our lives. And frankly, those blood pressure cuffs that we were given in pregnancy should become a regular tool, a regular health indicator tool in our household for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. And I think that's the point I want to get across as well. A number of IC patients in the postpartum period up to a year out and IC patients for preconception counseling as well, who've had preeclampsia. And we can make a difference if we see this as a moment of empowerment. We also know that women with a previous history of preeclampsia can maybe can reduce their risk of preeclampsia with their next pregnancy with uh, aspirin and baby aspirin, 81 milligrams daily, a very simple, small dose of something that can really make a, make a big difference in pregnancy outcome. So it's important for women who've had preeclampsia to talk to their providers 
others about their history and also take charge of their history to make sure that they prevent some of these long-term complications. I always tell my patients, they said, I think for women, this is great because we have a marker for our heart disease. Men often don't get this marker and they're out running and, you know, then they just fall over. But for us, we know that we can, that, that this is a risk factor for cardiovascular disease and we can take our matters into our own hands. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you have success stories already. I know you, you've been at the, the Cuff Kit program now. Gosh, it's hard to imagine that we're already in, in year two. It's in, year two, yeah. But uh, it's, it's great to hear that there are already stories of women utilizing this resource and in some cases really saving their own lives. Absolutely. And I, I, you know, I want to put a plug in because people think that COVID is the last pandemic, but probably not. And one of the values of the cuff kit for pregnant women with COVID for right now, which we're having another mini pandemic in in Nashville, is that when I tell a patient that they cannot come to the office, I can have their a partner or their family member come pick up a blood pressure cuff, and then we can still do their visit over telehealth, and the patient doesn't miss any opportunities to see the provider. Because we do know during COVID that there was um, an increased risk of pregnancy complications because women could not come into the office due to COVID. So the, the cuff kit has been invaluable in bridging that gap and making making sure that women get care. Yep, absolutely. Not to sound like a Pollyanna, but that certainly is a silver lining to to the COVID pandemic is the opportunity to absolutely do that. Well, Alani, we really appreciate you stopping by today. We are just so excited about the Cuff Kit and we're, and we're excited about the work that the Preeclampsia Foundation is doing. For those of you who are listening to this podcast who are interested in knowing the work or just want more about, know more about the resources that the Preeclampsia Foundation has, you can access these on their website. I found, I use them for my patient education and I feel like that the educational materials that they have are second to none when it comes to making sure patients feel comfortable about the information they're receiving about preeclampsia. Well, thank you for that uh, that vote of confidence. We do enjoy very high traffic on our website. And because we have a stellar medical advisory board, we feel very confident and, and providers listening to this can feel very confident about directing their patients to preeclampsia.org as a source of valid information. Well, again, Alani, thanks for stopping by. And we look forward to having more of these conversations. We, this is a, a short podcast, but there's there's a whole conversation on uh, life after preeclampsia and some of the work that we have done in that area. So I hope you'll stop back by again where we can ha- talk more, a little bit more about that. I would love to. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby presented by TipQC. TipQC is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. Do you have ideas for a future guest or topic or even have a question you'd like answered on upcoming episodes? Visit www.tipqc.org and click on podcast to submit suggestions and questions to our podcast team. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast to be the first to know when new episodes are available. And find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to stay in the loop with our active projects and other relevant news relating to perinatal health in Tennessee.